Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music is Everything, the podcast where I take an idea about music, something I'm passionate about, and I flesh it out in a verbatim text, and then I discuss it more extemporaneously afterwards in hopes of sparking a discussion, a conversation to you. That's my objective with all this talking about music is conversation and connection. Uh, before we get into to, to this week's topic, I have two housekeeping notes. First, as always, if you like what you were watching uh, and uh, any of the podcasts on this site or the, the, the live performances or the recorded music, please take a moment and subscribe to my YouTube page. It will mean a lot to me. Uh, it, I, it, it's a good way of staying connected. I, I, I'd love for you to be a part of the team, part of the family, and for us to you know for, get to know each other even more. It, it means a lot. And if you know someone else you think would be interested in anything I'm talking about or performing or recording, please share that link with them or share the page with them. Uh, maybe even ask them to, to subscribe. Uh, subscribing and sharing means a whole lot to me and to the people who do what I do. So please, if you have a second, it only takes a second. It doesn't cost anything. Please take a, take a moment and subscribe. And, and uh, either way, thank you so much for watching. Second housekeeping note, I am wearing a t-shirt that says 100%. It's from a company called Snark Shirts by Feek. It's a company that I founded with my partner, Catherine Lin. Uh, it features uh, my character, Feek, which I created, shouting phrases um, meant to be goofy, weird, funny, off the cuff, maybe got a little bit of oomph behind them, you know. Uh, and uh, there are several colors, several designs, several phrases and all of that. We're getting ready for a major relaunch, but uh, the site's up and the old school stuff is still there and we stand behind it. So if you have a moment, I'll put the link at the bottom. Please check out Snark Shirts by Feek. Uh, it's actually a great gift to get somebody for the holidays or for a birthday because not that many people know about this yet. And as it starts to build, you know, you can say maybe they were one of the first people to get this amazingly, you know, amazing surprise gift that they never would have thought of or seen if they had that kind of humor, uh, that kind of aesthetic. So thanks again uh, for that as well. Let's get to this week's topic, which is music is music because of the music. Why lyrics will always come second. We all know what songs are made of, music and lyrics, or at least most have lyrics. When you see credits for a song written by more than one person, or say for a musical, they'll always list who wrote the music, sometimes called the composer, and who wrote the lyrics or words. So it would stand to reason that all good songs have both good music and good lyrics, right? Nope. Exceptional songs, those great legendary perennial classics or the unsung obscure works of genius. 
Those do have both good music and good lyrics, at least. But good songs, even a great song, doesn't have to have good or great lyrics to work. Why? Because of the eponymous definition of what we're talking about every week, music. Music is music because of the music. Without the music side, the composition itself, songs with lyrics are just poems, often not even good poems. And songs without lyrics are, well, non-existent. Do I prefer good lyrics? Yes, absolutely. Some of the songs I really like have lyrical gems in them or are on the whole very well written. And I make sure every song I write has the best possible lyrics in the context of what I'm trying to achieve. But there are other songs I like that have average to maybe not so great lyrics. And yet those songs are still good to great. On the flip side of that, there are tons of songs that have good to great lyrics, sometimes even genius lyrics, whose music does not support that quality. The music for those songs is simply there to serve the lyrics. And the end result is often unexceptional, dull, unmemorable. If the music to a song is good, I'll tap into the lyrics and appreciate them at their level. I'll want to understand and connect more. If the music isn't good, I don't care what the singer is singing about. There's no connection for me. It may as well be a decent or second-rate poem or someone's diary entry. I guarantee you the songs that you most remember are the ones that have great music no matter what the lyrics are. And the songs that speak to you, your heart songs, like we talked about in a previous podcast, have lyrics that speak to you through the music. The music is the medium. The music transmits the message deeper and more effectively than words alone could. It's one facet of a philosophy I have that when you're creating music, every aspect of it should be in service of the song. It's a topic I'll get more into in a future podcast. When someone is speaking in any way, speech, interview, conversation, acting, voiceover, spoken word performance, the way that person says what they're saying is even more important than the words themselves. Why? Think of it this way. Give three people the same exact speech. One reads it with no vocal inflection, flatlined. One reads it with some meaningful inflection, some attempt to create some texture in the sound and flow of the words, the average speechifier. One reads it dynamically with full inflection and more importantly, full connection to the words and the meaning. With the first speaker, you'd be too bored to engage or remember or last to the end. With the second, you'd probably get the gist and come away with something valuable, but it won't be that memorable or that connected to your personal experience. With the third speaker, you will remember. You will connect like they're speaking directly to you. You might even be inspired. How we say what we say makes a huge difference. How songwriters support their lyrics with music is the difference between an artsy attempt at meaning and a flat-out good fucking song, an enjoyable song. We should always strive to be aware of what impression we're making when we present something, no matter what the form. That awareness comes from the desire to want to truly connect 
with your audience, whether one person in a conversation or thousands in an arena. Because just like with music, the whole point of saying anything to anyone is to connect. Uh, so I just did a version of this podcast that was completely unrecorded. And I, you know, was for a second trying to remember what I was saying on the off the cuff section, which is where we are now. And I can't remember. Um, but I, I remember part of it, which is, which is this, everybody's got their own opinion, right? And the thing about opinions are, other than being annoying in some ways to some people at some t- some of the time, sometimes all of the time, um, uh, subjectively, they're never wrong. And I'm talking about opinions about feelings or about judging something to be good or bad. I'm not talking about opinions about facts because those are those two things don't know. I'm sorry. Don't get me started on that. But about something, the way you feel about something, your opinion about that, it's never wrong. So, you know, my opinion here, which I say every single week, is not wrong to me and hopefully to, uh, you know, many other people out there, maybe you or if it is. Tell me why you think it's wrong. But either way, then your opinion is also right for you. But I still believe, I would almost argue objectively, that the whole point of music is for the music itself to be good, for it to exist. And I think there are a lot of um, songs out there that don't, they don't do that. Uh, in other words, it's, it's not enough for music to just be pleasant sounding to kind of be there just to support the lyrics, you know. Um, if you have maybe genius performers, you can probably get away with that. Like if, like if it's just, but even they, even then, really structurally, melodically, there's things that are kind of, you know, flatlined or like I said, slightly, slightly good. You're not going to have a great song, and I'm talking about with genius lyrics too. The, the music doesn't just have to fit the lyrics. It has to enhance them. It has to bring out the meaning of the lyrics and bring out even more meaning, bring out either kind of an undercurrent of a meaning you would, didn't think of or the kind of top-level, like, meta-meaning of the lyrics. And, and the best songs do this. Even good, just good songs, the music does that for the, for the lyrics. Um, Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention some artists and say some things that might get some heat, but then, you know what, that's okay. That's why we're here, right? We're here to kind of, you know, get the, get the juices flowing. Um, Bob Dylan is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And, you know, in some ways the greatest, depending on what, you know, kind of lyrics you're, you're talking about. Uh, he has a way of weaving in humor in serious songs and vice versa and, and sounding off the cuff while at the same time being well-crafted that really kind of encompasses the entirety of the experience of life in, in ways that other people just can't get to, right? Um, Taylor Swift, someone else, great songwriter. She has so many good lyrics, really, you know, um, heartfelt and insightful lyrics and personal lyrics in a way that's still universal, right? But... In both of those cases, uh, I would say that many of their songs, the music supports the lyrics, it, it, it adds to the lyrics, it creates a song that stands on its own, that's memorable on its own. But also in both cases, they have songs where the music is just there. They're like, I came up with a good lyric, I'm just going to throw a boop ba up ba in the back. Or something pleasant sounding and, you know, uh, not that layered maybe. That, to me, that doesn't do it. This doesn't do it. You know, I think 
it actually disrespects the lyrics to not come up with better music than that, right? So I appreciate artists who put that extra oomph, that extra effort into crafting music that is as good as or better than the lyrics themselves. Because if you think about it, if you think of a classic song, let's say a Beatles song or something like that, you will hear the music if, and, and maybe the, the stream is an instrumental version of that. So you will either, if you know the song, you'll either sing along with it. If you don't know the song, it's still, if you like that kind of music, it's going to pick you up, you know. Uh, or Frank Sinatra or someone else you might, from a different era that you might like. Um, or even, I don't know, uh, you know, like Rihanna or, or Beyonce, like their music just, oh, it's, it exists on its own without the lyrics. And then you add the lyrics and then it's just, boom, you know, the whole thing blows up and it's amazing. So, you know, my favorite artists, those ones I've talked about before, my heart artists, uh, they, they always work their asses off to make sure the music is, is top notch in every way, whether it's layered or sparse or whatever it is, it does something emotional that connects with the lyrics in the way that it connects, whether it's creating an opposite feeling like how the Smiths do sad lyrics and happier music or having the same feeling and in just making that feeling even bigger the way, let's say, maybe a U2 song might do. They, they never give less than their all to the music, right? which goes towards presentation, how you try to get across the idea you're getting across. When I'm writing a song, you know, there's so many different ways to put it together, straight from the melody to the chords, which is the kind of substructure, the skeleton, to the, to what the, the flesh and bones you put on it with the, with the sounds you use and the, and the arrangement in general and the production and the mixing and all of that stuff. And the, the thought I always put into it is what I, what I said before, what makes the song itself better? You know, what brings out more meaning from the lyrics and ties into the lyrics if your lyrics don't somehow fit the music or, you know, if the music, again, kind of is kind of just there, like, do, da, do, it, it's not going, you're not going to come up with a good song. You, you're going to have an okay song, sure. And the lyric, those lyrics, maybe you can use them in a better song, you know, if you're a writer. But that's the effort I put into it. And it has to do, again, with the presentation of the idea I want to get across. So... We're in, uh, I'm recording this in August of 2020, so we're in a tumultuous time and very political time right now. And uh, this all applies as well to politics, to, to, to any kind of speeching, speechifying. The speeches given by dynamic speakers, you'll remember, you'll, you'll understand what they're saying more even. You'll actually get it better because of how they're speaking. And if that same, that same text, that same speech read by someone else who's not as good a speaker, you'll lose interest. You might get some of it. Again, it's kind of what I said before, you know, and the same goes for online conversation. Text is hard because you don't get the same amount of dynamism, but you can, you know, you can add personality to a text and, and, and create context in a way that makes it better uh, easier to understand and not misunderstood, right? But let's stick with actual spoken words. So when people are talking online uh, or in an interview or whatever it is, um, I, I think it's extremely important to always remember who you're talking to. If you're talking, if you're preaching to the choir, you say anything in any way you want almost, and it's probably going to land. It's not going to be, a, you know, it's going to be good, right? Um, if you're trying to 
bring someone into the fold, convince someone of something else, you, you got to know how they're listening and what they're saying. And this is not, let me just say right now, it's not about tone policing at all. I don't believe in that. If you are angry or incensed or hurt or outraged, be that, show that, express that. But if what you're trying to do is, is to convey something other than just your anger or indignation, you have to be aware of that because you don't, you know, everybody, yes, just wants to express what they're expressing. That's why we're doing what we're doing, whether it's music or talking or art of any kind or writing. Um, but again, the whole point of expressing something is so that someone else hears it. Whether it's the person you're talking to or, an entire, or the entire world, you want them to hear it, not only to hear it, to understand it, not only to understand it, to, to love it, to agree with you. And the only way to get to that next level is, is to be aware of how you're saying it, is to be aware of the, the way you're phrasing your words and what's coming out of your mouth. Where, where can you inflect emotion where it's really going to have the most impact and is true to you and honest? And at the same time, where can you, you know, maybe be more judicious in the words you're using and how you're saying them so that you can, you know, ease up on the pedal and allow people to come in closer more? Uh, so, you know, I, that's again, this, I think idea of presentation of having great music that, that makes lyrics from genius to terrible mean something more. It's the same as a speaker who's trying to get across an idea and finding a way to do it that brings in the listener. Uh, that's my story. That's my, that's this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, uh, uh, strongly agreed or strongly disagreed. And I hope you comment. I hope you, uh, like this. I hope you share it and I hope you subscribe. And, uh, thank you as always for listening, for watching, for clicking on the links. And I will, uh, I think I'm actually off next week. I'll see you in two weeks. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.